When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Women in Leadership Podcast, featuring success insights from women around the globe. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast, brought to you by the Influence Alliance, the business building community for change makers who want to make a much bigger difference in the world. Yes, I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, according to my guest, throughout your leadership journey, you must continue to learn how to better serve and generally support people's career advancement and overall engagement in their work. And joining me on today's show is Linda Fisk. Linda, she is the co-founder of Lead Hership Global, a multi-award-winning leader, a keynote speaker, author, and university professor dedicated to amplifying and extending the success of other high-caliber business leaders. Now, Leadership Global is a community of unstoppable women who are enhancing their leadership blueprint and embracing their power uh, to be the best version of themselves in both work and life. Now, on today's show, Linda's going to share, you know, how learning to better serve others and generally support their career advancement and overall engagement in work is so important. No one grows as a leader without support from others and the incredible power of partnerships. True power is more than just collaboration. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Amory. I am just absolutely thrilled to be here with you today. So thank you so much. You are so welcome. So you are just all things to do with leadership. We can tell from you know, kind of co-founding the leadership community that you're involved in. I know that you're going to bring such wealth uh, into the conversation today. Just for those people who may not have had an opportunity to hear or listen to, I know you've got a podcast as well. Could you give it a bit of a snapshot of your leadership journey? Because we're going to talk about that today. So what's your leadership journey? Yeah, I'm happy to do that. So my leadership journey uh, began, I would say, early in my career where I recognized the power of persuasion and the power of marketing and advertising. And in my early career, I would say that I was mentored and coached by some of the best and brightest minds in advertising, marketing, and really understood the power of uh persuasion and the power of marketing. And through that education that I received early in my career, I moved into more of a corporate environment um, with organizations like YPO, where I led their marketing for a number of years. And YPO, as you may know, is one of the largest and most prestigious leadership organizations around the world. YPO believes that leadership is a journey of lifelong learning. And while I was leading marketing, 
marketing for YPO, I really saw firsthand the transformational power of networking, of partnership, and of leaders that were involved in a peer-to-peer networking uh, relationship. And when I saw the transformational power of those kinds of partnerships and that kind of networking, I recognized that women need to tap into that kind of transformational power of partnership and networking in a safe, confidential, and private community that's based on supporting one another and advancing the success of women everywhere. Would you say back then, and maybe let's reflect on where we're at, how we're doing, that those kind of communities weren't really available? Uh, often we, we say, you know, if there's something that you've been looking for and you can see that there's a real need, but there isn't something like that, create it, champion it, spearhead it. So was that a need that you noticed back then? And, and how are we doing now with those kind of communities? I think that there are many, many more women-based leadership organizations today than there was 10 years ago or 20 years ago, for sure. But I think that women are just now starting to tap into the incredible power of partnerships that are based on mutual respect um, formed by extending trust. So rather than having trust earned, They are freely allowing for trust-based relationships at the point of initiation and creating that fundamental awareness that some of the most uh, influential relationships we can have in our life might already be in existence. Some of those key relationships can be found in our vendors, in our client relationships, in our customer relationships. Some of those key relationships in our life can be absolutely transformational if you invite them to become partners in your success with you. So I think that women are just now beginning to consider the possibilities of adopting sort of a new approach to problem solving, a pioneering approach to this idea of cooperation and collaboration, which is based on redesigning the relationships in your life And considering the possibility that literally everyone in your life that you are currently connected to could be based on trust, a true trust-based relationship, and inviting them to be a part of your own success. And then ultimately, it's going to benefit the everybody who's getting involved. So let's talk about because I think. Key principles that will allow that to happen. The, the thing that you've just described so beautifully, but learning how to better serve others and genuinely support others in their career advancement and overall engagement at work. It really is about giving and extending first. Speak a little bit more about this. Yeah, that's right. It's about extending trust. I think true power is more than just collaboration. True power and true partnership is about moving into a relationship that involves co-creation. It's about sharing risk and responsibilities. It's about developing a relationship of interdependency and organizational and personal transformation. So true partnership is about identifying the shared value that you have in partnership and then leveraging the combined strengths of each partner to achieve a level of impact that literally cannot be accomplished independently. And so that requires that one, you extend trust. 
Um, and that also requires that you step into that partnership uh, with a foundation of trust, but you also foster respect. It's about creating almost an explosion of creativity, if you will, and creating almost a multiplier effect because you recognize the value of the partnership. You recognize the value of the network and you are inviting them to participate in your success by valuing the um, the kind of unique experiences and the unique um, expertise of the people around you. And I got to tell you, I have a really deep appreciation for, for the transformational power of partnership. Um, and I've seen it at work at Leadership Global to create a more inclusive, prosperous, sustainable, and resilient uh, community, uh, region, and world. It has transformed companies, um, leaders, communities, and in and literally begun movements because partnership is really more than just collaboration. It's about moving beyond just individual projects to a relationship that involves co-creation. When you mentioned, you know, this is a, a real innovative new way of doing things, sometimes what will inhibit the ability to adopt and to adapt and to really uh, embrace what you're talking about, there may be some things that we need to be mindful of that this, could in, this can inhibit. Be mindful that some of this old thinking, if you bring that to this partnership that you're talking about, the power, the true power, more than just collaboration, what are some of those things so that we can be mindful? These do not, uh, you know, these do not only inhibit, but we don't want to bring this around that that board table. What are some of those things we need to be aware of? Yeah, and Emery, what a good question. What a good comment. There are a couple of things that I think are really fundamental. One is what I noted before, that there's this mindset that trust has to be earned. And I suppose if you're talking about entering into something like a marital relationship, there could be some wisdom in that. But in many relationships, by freely extending trust, assuming the very best in the person that you're working with, assuming the very best intentions of the people that you're in partnership with, actually creates a much stronger relationship and much stronger bond. It's about establishing equity and respect early on, acknowledging the value that each partner brings to the relationship and acknowledging that and respecting that. The power of partnership is built on harnessing each partner's key strengths. So you have to recognize that, you have to celebrate that, and you have to extend trust freely. And this whole idea that I'm not going to trust you until you have earned my trust, I think is there may be certain relationships where that is certainly a wise move, but in most relationships, that's sort of an old way of thinking that begins to degrade the equity and respect of the partnership before it even begins. The other thing that I think that you have to really think about before you enter into any kind of network or any kind of partnership is this idea of having a genuine commitment to the other person that you're in relationship with. So you have to come to that partnership with good faith. You have to, again, assume the very best of the people that you're working with, and you have to keep the focus on creating a partnership with a shared vision and a definition of success that everyone has bought into. 
And that takes genuine commitment. It has this sense that through good and bad, through ups and downs, I am going to believe in you. I am going to make room for failure and I'm going to make room for mistakes, but I am going to keep good faith that you are committed to this partnership as I am and that we have a shared vision of what success looks like. Does that help? That does. And something that you're saying as you're sharing that, I mean, if we think about bringing on team members into our team, you know, to provide them with what does success look like? These are your areas of strength. This is what you can contribute to the to the partnership, you know, being part of our team. So I would imagine that part of that vision of success has the, the various strengths that each partner brings and kind of obligations, if you will, so that everybody knows what their commitment is, what the, the deliverables or whatever you like to call them, so that at the end of the day we don't hear, because I've heard of some some unfortunate instances where some people will bring what they what they shared and what they dedicated to do or committed to do, and others may not necessarily uh, have done that too. One of the questions I asked was, or everybody aware of what they needed to contribute? Would you say that that's a fair, uh, something fair and it needs to be incorporated into that? What does success look like? Absolutely. And Emery, you said that so beautifully. I'm not sure I can add much to that. But one of the tenets that you pointed to is this idea of transparency and that idea of openly sharing information, maintaining clear lines of communication, having honest discussions around really difficult issues. That is absolutely key. At the very beginning of a partnership or any um, kind of relationship that involves shared work, I think what you really have to do is make sure that not only do you have a shared vision of what success looks like, but you also have a clear understanding of each partner's role and responsibility. And you are very, very clear around what I'm contributing versus what you are contributing. There needs to be an open and respectful understanding and a true um, respect for the value that each person is bringing to the table, but there also needs to be openly shared information about expectations at the very beginning of any project or the very beginning of any kind of partnership. Even in a networking situation, it's important that we all be incredibly transparent about expectations. And I do said, as I said before, I do think that you also have to show a level of patience and persistence because um, there will be mistakes for sure. We're human. There will be uh, misunderstandings and missteps and misjudgments, and there will be mistakes. And you have to be patient during those times to create a space for partners to be able to break through those times rather than break down. You have to think about the breakthrough rather than the breakdown during those difficult times. And the best way to do that is by adopting a spirit of patience and also persistence, that the goal is still worth pursuing. And I still believe in you and you're part of this team and you're part of uh, the people or the person that I have chosen to embark on this journey with. So I'm not giving up on us and I'm not giving up on our shared definition of success, but I also am going to be patient and yet persistent in the pursuit of that vision. 
When you uh, are thinking about the the kind of partnerships, I'd imagine there's different structures or or maybe not. You know, if you think of leadership, and and let's go ahead and uh, share the the screen here while we're talking about this. The reason I say this is because one of the, the, the partnerships that you might be talking about has, let me just make this a little bit bigger so that uh, we, it fits the screen here. So, tell us a little bit then about examples are wonderful. So we've got uh, Leadership Global here up on screen for those who are listening to the recording later, but maybe give a little bit of an overview of how what you're talking about may be relevant to, to this uh, networking, because I would imagine that there's maybe different kinds of partnerships and therefore different models, different structures, because a question that I would think is, do we, for a partnership to work really well, is it always um, beneficial to have one person that may give a bit of an oversight, that is kind of the go-to person? Do you empower others to kind of take control of their portfolios or whatever, or a combination of that? I mean, these are the kind of questions that I think are, are probably quite relevant and maybe what others are thinking too. So maybe reflect a little bit about what's happening at Leadership Global. Uh, that might be a good place to start. Thank you. So at Leadership Global, we really believe that women in partnership and in community have incredible opportunities to transform their personal and professional lives. We really believe that by providing women with resources and with Uh, introductions and networks and small group impactful experiences, as well as uh, being able to tap into the networks and the uh, resources and the diagnostics and assessments that are provided in a safe and supportive, impactful community that those women can accelerate their success no matter how they define that success. For some of our members, that's breaking into the C-suite. Um, that is the ability to take that final step in their leadership journey into the C-suite. For others, um, some of our members want to be able to give back. They're already a CEO and they want to impact and influence the next generation of women leaders. For some of our members, their definition of success looks like creating a philanthropy, creating a movement, giving back to a community or giving back to a nation or a particular um, group of people that have been underserved. So whatever that definition of success is that our members have for their own leadership journey, we support them. We connect them to resources, to networks, to introductions, to key tools that they need in order to actualize that level of success. And so in many ways, that is a partnership. We are partnering with every single member of Leadership Global to accelerate their definition of success and Each of our members are entering into partnerships with each other to emphasize transformation over transaction. They want to achieve the kind of scale and depth of impact that's required to catalyze real substantive change. And we find that that happens in community. And Leadership Global is the kind of organization that allows this incredible ecosystem of um women that are in leadership to support each other, to uh, be able to 
really extend the success of every single woman that they're in connection with through the power of partnership. Yeah, I love that. And as you continue to share, I'm really hearing the most important thing is to have clarity on what is that shared vision? What are the values? What do we um, uphold? What's important to us? And I'd imagine if, if, an, if, if someone is looking at creating a partnership, if that is not clear, then it's going to be very difficult to have a shared vision. People will be going, so what would you share, say, uh, uh, to what are some of the things that you did for people who may be struggling to come up with a shared vision? I mean, that's so important. What are some insights you can share there? How can we get to that clarity? That's that's a great question. And Amory, one of the things that I think about all the time is to first ask the question, are we better off together than we are alone? And I would say for all the women that have decided to join Leadership Global, the answer has been a resounding yes, we are better off together than we are alone. And I find that, again, in leadership organizations, lives can be absolutely transformed through the power of connection, through the power of partnership. But one of the questions you have to ask yourself at the very beginning is exactly that. Are we better off together than we are alone? And then I think you have to define the key issues that the partnership or that the network will tackle. You have to be incredibly clear about what is the kind of level of impact that we're trying to create. What is the real and substantial change that we're trying to create? And then you have to determine if partnership is the right choice to create that level of substantive change. Um, and then you have to decide what the partnership needs in order to be successful. Does it need funding? Does it need championship? Does it need advocacy? Does it need um, a business plan? Does it need a roadmap? You have to think about where uh, you need to tap into other resources, perhaps outside the network or the partnership, in order to ensure success. And I think you also have to assess the risks and rewards of the partnership in a really um, honest and open kind of way. But if you are able to align the interests and objectives for the partnership, acknowledge the individual benefit, set the roles and responsibilities and expectations at the very beginning of the project and then manage that throughout, I have seen absolutely phenomenal change happen. I'll, I'll give you one personal story. So uh, last week, I had a young and, and, and remarkable leader from Leadership Global uh, that I was in conversation with announced that she was going to create a philanthropy called Kyoto. And Kyoto in Congolese means bird nest. And she wanted to create a safe haven, almost a bird's nest for women in the Congo to be able to access education. And she comes from the Congo, now living in the United States. And she said she still has a heart for the women of the Congo that don't have easy access to educational opportunities. So she was going to create an entire movement of philanthropy around this idea of ensuring that women in the Congo 
can get access to education. And she was going to call it Kyoto, which again means bird's nest in Congolese. Well, we have another member who still lives in the Congo, and she runs three businesses as well as two philanthropies um, as the leader, as the CEO, and as the founder of all these different philanthropies and companies. She is the founder and CEO of all of them, and she has created phenomenal impact in Africa and around the world. Well, I was able to connect those two, and they immediately understood the issue that was facing the women in the Congo. They both had a heart for that. And the woman that owned three companies had developed phenomenal success, had started two philanthropies in and of her own right, offered in partnership to join with this young leader to sit on her board of advisors, connect her with funding, and help her run through the gamut of necessary uh, sort of red tape to be able to um, ensure that she had appropriate 501c3 standing in the United States to be able to begin her nonprofit. It was a phenomenal partnership aligned around common interests, common objective, and also shared expertise. So I feel like that's a phenomenal example of how Lead Hership Global creates partnership but how you can open yourself up to partnership in relationships with people all around you. All you have to do is ask for what you're uh, interested in trying to accomplish and ensure that there's alignment around the interests and objectives of the partnership, acknowledging the individual value that every person brings to the table, set roles, set responsibilities and expectations, and watch the magic happen. And that really speaks beautifully into what uh, one of the points that you mentioned, no one grows as a leader without support from others. From that beautiful example, the person who wanted to start up that nonprofit, had she had to go and follow and create from scratch all of the connections, everything, it may have taken her years may have taken right. years and yet being able to tap into the a connection already on the ground who's familiar with all that. Something else that I think is really important, and I think you've touched on it, uh, but I, I want to stress it because, you know, sometimes we'll go into a situation and we've got an idea, we don't ask, but the clarity around the idea is so important as well. Having that vision, having uh, a bit of a roadmap, if you will, because when you're going to talk to other people, I'm sure in the example that you gave, the person in the US who wanted to start the nonprofit, had she not had clarity, had she not been, you know, brought that passion through, I'm sure the connection who was already uh, on the ground there may not have offered to support her. What are some things that you see can also inhibit once the conversation is had? What do we need to have in place so that as we're sharing our vision, it becomes shared? You know, other people can catch it and go, you know what, we want to support you. Can you share a little bit about that? Because I think that's important too. That's right. And in fact, I will give Amy Cosper, um, who is a part of Lead Hership Global, a lot of credit for what I'm about to suggest. Um, Amy is actually a leader uh, in and of her own right. She is CEO of Radical Upstarts and a phenomenal, phenomenal, dynamic woman of incredible leadership. And one of the exercises that she encourages all entrepreneurs to do 
is to be able to get down your vision, be able to get down your definition of success in no more than three lines. And she said, you've got to have such a clear vision of the impact you're trying to make that you can describe that in no more than three lines. You've got to create such clarity around your vision that you can describe it in what's often, I think, called an elevator pitch in 10 seconds or less. But if you can talk about the impact uh, in three lines that you're trying to create, then that gives you the clarity of vision. It's not just the who, the what, the why. It's the what is the transformational change that I am envisioning in the creation of this movement that I want to be at the helm of. And for Leadership Global, it's exactly what you said, Anne-Marie. It's about enhancing the leadership blueprint of unstoppable women around the world to help them embrace the power to be the very best versions of themselves, both in life and in work. And I can say that all day long, and that is absolutely what I am committed to, what I absolutely am dedicated to for the rest of my life. But I would say the very first step is to have that clarity of vision of what the impact will be. And then secondarily, it's about getting to work with understanding with a lot of clarity the how. So this is what I want to do in three lines or less and the impact it will have. And this is how I'm going to do it. And when you get to that how, remember the power of networks, remember the power of partnerships, remember the power that um, leaders, the very best and most successful leaders that I've ever met in my life, absolutely would swear to. And that is that exactly what you said, no one grows as a leader by themselves. It takes community. It takes support of others in order to advance your success and accelerate the rate of success that you'll that you'll be able to actually um, not just envision what you're trying to accomplish, but actually be able to um, have it come to fruition and have it come to life. Brilliant. I love everything that you've said. And of course, the website to Lead Her Ship Global is L-E-A-D, Lead Her, H-E-R, Ship Global.com. And we shared that uh, on the screen too, for those of you who are watching along. Um, as we finish up the show, would there be one last insight? Just one. I mean, you've shared so many today, Linda, already. But in closing, what would be one last insight that you would share with people on the, the incredible power of partnership? You know, I I would say that as I think about uh, some of the remarkable leaders that I've had the privilege of working with, um, both through Leadership Global, as well as through my own career journey and my own leadership journey, the one piece of advice that I think really resonates with me is to always be kind the leaders that I have worked with that have made the biggest impression on me have been the ones that started every conversation with, what can I do for you? What can I do to help you? It wasn't about what I was expected to deliver, uh, you know, the KPIs that I was expected to impact. It wasn't about, you know, have I delivered on this particular um, set of expectations. 
that leader stopped, took the time to, to literally slow down in their day, connect with me in an authentic, genuine way, and ask the question, what can I do for you? That level of kindness and that level of empathy and compassion, sometimes I think it's lost in the bustle and the hurried sort of frenetic pace that we as business leaders often adopt. But if you can slow down long enough to really take a breath, be present and be kind with the people that you're in partnership with, that you're in business with, that you are doing life with, I think that what happens is, again, this incredible sense of motivation, this incredible sense of dedication and determination begins to take root in the people that you're working with because they are incredibly motivated, inspired to give their very best. They know you're rooting for them. They know that you are... um, doing everything you can to ensure their success. And so in turn, they are amplifying their best for you. That idea of just simply be kind has really resonated with everything that I know I've tried to adopt as a leader. And it's one of the simplest but most profound ways of really beginning to rethink and reframe the way that we think about the other people that we're doing life with, whether that's in business or in our family life or our community life or our spiritual life, just simply be present and be kind. I love that, Linda. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute delight. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Honestly, it's been a privilege to be a part of your podcast. And I will say, Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to know a real transformative leader, look no further than Anne-Marie Cross. She is a remarkable leader, an incredible transformational leader, and she is someone that I look up to. And honestly, it's an honor and a privilege to be on your show. Linda, and I I have the same mutual respect after listening to what you shared today. Uh, I certainly have caught your vision too. So get clear on your vision. So as you share it, others can catch that vision and together you can, uh, you know, start to create these incredible partnerships that will change the world. So one partnership at a time. Thank you so much again for coming on the show, Linda. This podcast is brought to you by theinfluencealliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com slash podcast series. That's theinfluencealliance.com slash podcast series. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.